Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. I'm Trent, I'm here with my good friend, Alan, and we talk about things every week to help you to be able to endure, uh, to help you as a leader to endure and help you as a, in your church to endure as well. And so Alan, um, today, what are we gonna talk about? How can we help people endure? Yeah, Trent, so I was talking with a pastor. He was just sharing a story about someone he knows who leads a church that once once used to make a difference in its community, and it really just doesn't anymore. And, mm-hmm. it's, and he said something profound. He said, I just don't think the pastor has a vision. And mm-hmm. you and I have talked about vision. We, we, lo- we love to share about vision. You and I both consider ourselves to be visionaries. So Here's the question today, Trent. I mean, what do you do if you've lost your vision? I mean, I think that's a really good question because you and I, even though we're visionaries, we've both been through a vision struggle in our lives. And I bet someone out there listening today is really feeling like they've lost their sense of vision. Oh, I agree. And I think that's a good question for us to, to wrestle with today. And, and we do want to wrestle with it because there are different things that affect churches and different things that affect church leaders. But um, as we were talking before we started recording this today, that the verse that in Proverbs 29 came to mind, without vision, the people perish. Or I think in some other versions, it's like they run unhindered. <laughs> you know, the people just go willy-nilly, right? That's the Trent Young version. Um, yeah, they start acting but, like sheep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're, you know, they scatter. So uh, I think, you know, this is a, a good thing for us to discuss and think through because I think there are a lot of churches that are in that same boat. Yeah, sadly so, sadly so. So it's something we can talk about today. You know, we wanted to begin by just, you know, what happens if we don't address the issue of vision? I mean, this is an important issue. So what happens if if we don't address it? Obviously, the church is going to go through a time of decline. and, And when we look at things statistically, most churches are either stagnant or declining, which means there's a huge vision crisis all around. Yeah, I, I live in Missouri, of course, and Alan lives in Texas. Um, I was told um, last year that in Missouri, um, in Southern Baptist churches, but I bet this effect is true of all churches, um, that 90% are plateaued or in decline in the state of Missouri. And so I I think that's true because I've talked to other leaders and other denominations and I've heard that that was the case. What do you, what do you think about that, Alan? Yeah, I wouldn't, I I would not uh, put the numbers any, any better than that. (laughs) I think uh, it's concerning when we, when we look at it. And I think, you know, sometimes because when you walk into a church where there's not much vision, there's not a lot of joy there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Um, why is that? I, you know, as we think about that, why why is it that that's the case? Um, what comes yeah. to mind? You know, I guess uh, some of that is is if you're not looking for something, you're you're missing everything. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's it's you know you you don't know what you're doing. It's kind of like we're, you're playing playing hide and go seek, and and uh, 
you don't know where to start looking, I guess. I, I, I just don't know. But you, you go into a church, if there's no vision, there, there's just, you know, no excitement whatsoever. And if there's no excitement, they're gonna, you're going to fill that time with something else. And train, you, you and I were talking before this about the, the role strife plays in a visionless <laughs> church. And, and to share a little bit about your thoughts about that. Well, I think it's that you will see that in the church where there's not a central vision that people are aiming at. If they're not sought the Lord, then, you know, if there's not a focus, then there will start to become backbiting because we don't have anything to focus on. And, you know, when there's not something that unifies us and draws us in to aim at something, then everybody liked that scripture in Proverbs 29. We all kind of scatter and do our own thing. And then there becomes this, um, you know, we're fighting because, hey, my my stuff is more important than your stuff. And I don't like the way you do your stuff. And we, we get caught up in side stuff that really doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I think we, we had a note in here, you know, I think a lack of joy and strife really point to that idea that there's just nothing to rally around in the vision. The vision is what we rally around. So we need to make sure that we're rallying around that vision. So how do you know, Trent, you and I both been there, you know, how do you know when you're running out of vision or you're running with, with no vision? What are some of the symptoms there? Well, you know, just, you know, we, Sometimes we have to count nickels and noses, right? I know that that shouldn't be the thing that drives us, but it sure will tell you the temperature of your congregation. And so um, if your attendance is, is decreasing, um, you know, plateaued or declining, if your um, salvations in your, in your church, if they are declining, if, you know, if at one time, say 20 years ago, you had a bunch of baptisms and a bunch of salvations, but now you don't have any, or and there's a lot of churches that I've, I've heard of and talked to leaders where they've not had a salvation in their church for multiple years. And so I think that's a big part of it. I think you're right. And if there, if none of that's taking place, there's not going to be joy in your preaching or in your pastoral ministry, just like there's no joy in the church. You, you, whether yeah. you're the lead cause of that or you're, you're kind of flying in on their tailcoats of that, there's, there's not much joy, you know, and if you're not joyful, you're going to be frustrated a lot. And I, I, right. I have met a lot of frustrated pastors. Mm-hmm. Well, and if, if you don't have salvations, um, then you have no, not many reasons to celebrate. And a church should be a place where you celebrate, shouldn't it? I mean, isn't that what Sundays and worship times are supposed to be as a time of celebration? Um, if you don't have yeah. any, any of that, you, what are you going to celebrate? Yeah, I think you think that maybe some of that has to do with, too, we don't expect that. You know, our expectations have changed. We, you know, instead of having that sense of, of optimism about what the future could be and about what a Sunday could be. We, we almost dread that Sunday. We, well, Mm -hmm. it's just going to be the same group and the same attitude and the same, this and the same, that, and, you know, we start to sound a little bit like Eeyore on on Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) It's all, it's all, it's all doom and gloom. And we, we just don't have a, you know, there's no sense of possibilities and everything is the sky is falling. 
Yeah. Well, and Alan, you had mentioned to me earlier about some churches in your association that were um, very optimistic and you used the interesting term, I thought, uh, and I love it. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we'll come back to this maybe a little bit later. But yeah, the idea of, um, you know, I, I think that obnoxiously optimistic. You know, one <laughs> yes. of the things I've noticed with the pastors who who have taken some some dire situations and turned those around is that they just have this almost, they're so positive. It's like, it can't be all that good. <laughs> you know, I mean, everything is just so good all the time. Yeah, yeah God's so good. My, I love my church and they love me and God's seeing people saved and lives are changed. And man, everything is just so optimistic. And I'm like, oh, come on. You got to tell me what, what's, what's the real story. You know, what's going on? And no, no, I'm, I'm serious. It's just how it is. And, and they love their people and their people love them. And there is something to be said for, for that attitude. And I think we're going to come back, have to return this when we talk about maybe this, the solution on that. But mm-hmm. if, if you're exact opposite of that, I hate my people and they hate me and mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen and nothing's going to change. I mean, that means you're running on no vision. Yeah. Well, so if what you said is true, then maybe we should just encourage everyone to evaluate your language about your church. Um, If it is overly negative about, you know, when people, when you get together with other pastors, you get together with other people, are you positive about your church or are you just complaining and negative? Um, And if you're negative, then what you said, Alan, is absolutely true, then there isn't a vision that you're aiming at and experiencing joy because of. Yeah. So I guess we have to ask the question, Trent, how did we get there? You know, why, Mm -hmm. why is there, why is there no vision? I mean, some of us, some of us, and you and I, you know, we, we approach this as people who, who catch vision kind of quickly. That's not true for everyone, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that we should be visionless ever. We, I mean, all of us have a degree of vision inside of us um, to, to lead with. So how do we get to that place where we just don't have vision anymore? Well, a number of things come to mind. Um, you know, first of all, have you not spent time with God? Because God is doing stuff all the time. He's always fresh, always new. Scripture says he's doing something new every morning, right? And so, if you've not spent time with God in his word on your knees, then you're going to be uh, having experiencing a lack of vision. Yeah, I think that's a big one. You know, we're not we're not seeking. I think the other thing, too, are just some physical sides. We get tired mm-hmm. or we get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And when you're tired and frustrated, you tend to make bad choices. You sure. know, I, I, I cannot stand, you know, driving doing a long drive in the middle of the afternoon after heavy lunch, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that is not a good time to drive. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to pull over and take a nap. You know, I, I take sunflower seeds with me to try to keep, keep me awake a lot of times and, and stuff like that. But, <laughs> but, you know, no one, no one wants to travel tired. And mm-hmm. when you're trying to travel tired and lead your church, you just look at, like a tired traveler. And that doesn't, yeah. that's not a compelling trip to go on. Well, I know from my from my standpoint, Alan, if I'm tired, 
then I get gripey and grumpy and I am no fun to be with. And so um, I think that's true probably of more than just me. You know, are you grumpy because you're tired? You're not taking time away. Yeah, and I think that leads to another cause, and that's that we, when you're tired and you're frustrated, you, you tend to stop learning. It's probably a time we should lean in more to learning, but it tends to have the opposite effect. We tend to kind of, well, what does it matter? Um, what if I go to this conference? Well, it's not going to help this church, or it's not going to help me, or, you know, again, we, our attitude can get in such a sour spot that we just don't continue to grow ourselves and challenge ourselves and challenge our church. You know, I'm convinced that one of the things that leads a church into this situation is, you know, vision challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, vision pushes pushes what people believe what is to what can be. And when we start catering to the what is, you know, that's where you've got your problem. Because one of the things you'll see in, in, in a church that doesn't have vision, you can go into the service today and it's just like it was the last time they had vision. Right, right. Which and could have been years. 40 or 50 years ago, right? Yeah, right. Well, and so I'm a big believer that vision, it it always is in the process of flux and change. Um, you know, because you can't have the same vision that you had in the 1950s and still be following God today. You know, because the culture has changed that God's word doesn't change, but his processes and the things he leads you to do, do change. Yeah, you know, the, the idea, I, I, I love to go back because one of my favorite things is to look at our, our Baptist history. And if mm-hmm. I go back into the 1950s, in 1954, there was a, a move and it was a big deal and it was called A Million More in 54. 54, yeah. And it was a, a big, a big push in evangelism among Southern Baptist churches, and out of that rose the idea of church on every street corner. Mm-hmm. And there's so many churches that, that were founded in the, in the 1950s, and they opened the doors every Sunday and wonder, well, why is my neighborhood not coming in? Mm-hmm. And they haven't, they haven't changed with their neighborhood. They don't look like their neighborhood. They don't represent their neighborhood. Um, they just expect their neighborhood to come because, well, we opened the doors 50, 60, 70 years ago, and why aren't you coming in? You know, we're not following the example of Christ. You've got to go out to them. And I, But it, it's just, you know, how, how it happens, and, it, and it's kind of sad. So how do we recapture? I think that's the, the, the question people probably really want the answer to today, Trent, is, is how do we recapture it? And the first thing you and I, when we were talking about it, we said it was to get back to the basics. You know, that's, boy, that sounds so simple. And it, it just sounds like that, well, that's too easy. Yeah, uh, but it's true though. And the basics, and when we say that, you know, in my mind, Alan, I think of taking some time to pray. Um, you've got to get back in relationship with God because he's the one who's going to give you the vision. He's the one who has the information that you need. Uh, Scripture is where you need to turn. And so I think getting back to the basics to me says starting with a relationship with God. Is your relationship stale or is it fresh? Yeah, and when I think about getting back to the basics, Trent, I guess one of the things that came to my mind too is just get back to the gospel. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the gospel is enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think sometimes we we drift we drift into our own ideas, our own preferences, our own whatever, and we forget that it's the gospel that changes lives. And so I, you know, if you don't know how to how to preach with vision, just get back to the gospel. What does the gospel what does the gospel done and what's it doing? you know, in people's lives and, and start there because the gospel really is our vision. We, we can talk about how vision changes, but it, it always comes back to the gospel. If it's a biblically centered vision, it, it, we all know that the great commission and the great commandments are, are, part of, are part of who we are as a church, but we express it in different ways. And it's, it's updating that expression is what matters. And it starts by getting back to that place. Yeah, well, and I want to, I guess another thing that just came to mind, Alan, is that, you know, that prayer and and communing with God, he's going to lead you to to walk and to see again your neighborhood. Um, you know, prayer walking your neighborhood, I think, is huge. And it God will open your eyes to the needs. Unfortunately, Alan, something that I've seen of churches that don't have a vision is because they don't know their neighborhood. Uh, you mentioned before is that their churches don't reflect their neighborhood. And so they've, they've cloistered themselves and they haven't sought to, t- to touch the people in their neighborhood. Yeah, that happens far, far too often. And you and I have both seen that. Quite a bit. I, yeah, I, I guess what you're in a way saying is that we need to give God's church back to God and let him drive the vision instead of letting us drive the vision. Let let that come through God, through the, through his word, through prayer, through our relationship with him and, and let him ignite the vision. Stop trying to do that artificially. Um, but he will use, not in addition to his work, he will use other people. We need to get involved with visionaries, with groups of people that can encourage us and equip us and help us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, there's probably somebody in your church that is passionate about that and um, and has a, you know, a vision for ministry. It's not always just the pastor, right? Um, usually the pastor will give a, a, a challenge and a lead vision, but there's going to be other people that God is speaking to. and He can speak to just as well. And so, you know, surround yourself with those people. Those people that are passionate about ministry, um, not the negative people. Well, that'll never work here. You know, I, I remember Alan, um, Dana, and I. We had gone to interview with a church in Colorado. Actually, two churches on the same weekend we had gone to visit with, and one of them, it was like they were just diametrically opposed because one was very positive, the other ones, everything we brought up as possibilities. They always said, "No, oh, that won't work here." No, I don't think we should do that. It was all negative. I'm like, man, that doesn't draw anyone. I was not excited about that one. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, but you, no one wants to be around someone who's a, what was the right right, right term? A buzzkill. No one wants yeah. to be around a buzzkill, right? <laughs> a wet blanket, right? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, no one, no one enjoys having water thrown on every good idea. Because that's right. how you do. That's how you quench the spirit. And the Bible says, "Don't quench the spirit." So exactly. Anyway, so get involved with some people who can. Uh, you know, if you if you feel you're not a good visionary, get around someone who is. You mm-hmm. know, um, absorb some of that um, from them. And then I do think it is important. You know, I I know vision comes from God, 
but we play a role. He's given, he told us to be his hands and feet in this world. And, you know, how do we change our own outlook? That's kind of what we were talking about earlier when there's these, these revitalizers who have this positive can do, look at what God's doing, doing things. There should be an optimistic tone in God's church. Mm-hmm. And when there's not an optimistic tone, you're you're going to struggle with vision. Yeah, I, I agree. And this, what we mentioned, it kind of teased a little bit earlier about the churches you were mentioned that were obnoxiously um, positive. Um, and we should be positive. Uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith, I think, should be pretty doggone positive about the power of the ability of God. If, if you're not positive about what God can do, then why are you a worshiper of him? Uh, honestly, that he has nothing to offer you. Well, and I, you know, it, it, what amazes me, too, is people who say they believe the Bible, but then look at the world as though, as though the enemy has won the, has won the war. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. You know, the, mm-hmm. the church has a bright future. It may not always look bright, but its future is bright, the, the real church. And, yeah. we, we, you know, again, we, it's a kind of an old cliche, but I've read the end of the book and I know who wins. So <laughs> the, there is something to be optimistic about, you know. So I think that that, that is important. You know, we've got to have... The right outlook. I loved them. Um, Trent, I don't know if you watched the Kentucky Derby last weekend. Um, as we're recording this, last weekend was the Derby. And I love the response of the owner for Rich Strike, who well, I think is the second biggest long shot to ever win the, the, <laughs> yeah. the Derby. But he said, we wouldn't have put our horse in if we didn't think it could win. Right. Yeah. Everybody had said it was like an 80 to, 80 to 1 long shot or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but the, but isn't that true? Why? why yeah. If we don't think we're going to win, why? Why are we in the race? I mean, yeah. I mean, well, and I I think you're you're onto something there, Alan, because I don't think there's a lot of people in churches that think that. I mean, that's why they don't share with their neighbors. Well, they'll just say no anyway. What about the power of God? What about the power of the Holy Spirit convicting people's hearts? Hello. Is, have you just taken him out of the equation totally? You know? Yeah. So change your outlook. You know, believe in what God can do. Believe in the God of possibilities and, and believe that he wants to work through um, the church you lead because he does. He loves his oh, church yeah. and he wants to work through his mm-hmm. church. You know, but there is, there is one thing you do have to consider sometimes when there is um, no vision. And Trent, this is not where you and I like to take the conversation because we're here to help you and your church endure. But there is always one other possibility, isn't there? Yeah, Alan, and that really, it's hard for us to think through, but, um, and that is that maybe it's time for you as the leader to get out of the way and move to to a different place. Um, And I was telling Alan, I, I was so I'm so excited to hear about my former church that they're doing great things, and just reminded Dana and I that it was the right time for us to step away, so that other people would step up. And um, it it could be that if there's not 
the things happening that should be that maybe you're the thing that's holding it back. And so that's hard to, hard to hear, but it could be. Yeah. There, there comes a point in time, whether, whether you are just a hindrance, maybe you've been doing it long enough and it's just time to, to step aside for, for someone else. Maybe, maybe God has another calling for you or a different place for you. Maybe it's a point you've come to a point in time where you have led with a vision and people won't catch the vision and God has had mm -hmm. enough, you know, um, I, the circumstances can be different, but you do at, at some point in time, if, if, you have checked your heart. You, you've kind of started back with the basics and you've done all you can do. Ask yourself the question, God, am I done in this role? Mm. And we certainly hope not, but we understand that it is sometimes a reality. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, it's, it should always be a difficult decision. If it's so easy to say, then, I mean, we. I, here's a self-advertisement, Alan, for us. Go back and read and listen to some of our other podcast episodes um, because we talk about this and the need to gather around other people. And and uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of podcasts, almost 200 different podcast episodes you can listen to. But, uh, yeah, it could be that now's the time that God is saying, okay, I'm, I've equipped you to go someplace else. And I've got another person that I've been equipping to come here. And it could be that it's the time. So something to consider, but let, let's think about it from the other side first. You know, let's really get back to basics and let's um, get involved with others. And let's work on our own outlook before we explore that possibility. Um, just as an encouragement to you to endure in ministry. There's a lot of guys, Trent, I think, who are dropping out today because they think it's an easy place to get off. And that's not, that's not a good reason. That, that really is something that right now the, the church needs leaders. The church needs people to step in and step up and, and that's us. And so we yeah. encourage you, encourage you to consider that as the, as the, as the last option, but ask yourself right. at, at that point in time if it is an option. So we should probably say something more positive, though, before we well, go out today, I would think. Yeah. Can I? Well, let me add something to what you just said, too. I, I want to warn you, um, because if you walk away from the calling that God has on your life, um, please be aware that if you're not serving where God has called you to do, you're going to bitterness will become a part of your life. I've seen it happen so many times. And so I want to encourage you to stay with ministry. It's a calling that God has placed on your life. It may change venues, but the calling doesn't, God doesn't revoke that. And so I really want to encourage you to hang in there and to serve the Lord with everything you are. You know, Trent, we have a pastor who's 84. He may have just turned 85 in my association. He leads a pastor fellowship every month. And in fact, he's like, well, we should probably take off through the summer. And the guys were like, no way. <laughs> we cannot miss this time together. But he's written some stuff. And, and he, he always talks about the role of ministry. There's no higher calling. And Trent, mm -hmm. I believe that's true. There, there's no higher calling than serving the local church. And there's no higher calling in your personal life than to be exactly where God wants you to be doing what God wants you to do. Um, whether that's leading a Sunday school class or leading worship or whatever role that is, 
There's no higher calling in your life than the one that God has put in front of you. Tackle it with gusto. Tackle it. Tackle it knowing that God God has something to do through you and in you. And you will be the better person for it. So anyway, we've talk, kind of talked about this issue today. What do you do when you've kind of lost lost vision? And so I certainly hope that that's been a help for you today. And if it has, do something for us. Please share it. Please uh, give us a review. Uh, give, give us five stars. We'd like to see one of those uh, come in this week. So give us a, a five-star review. And we are grateful that you take time to listen to us. But it's a great question to consider today. And we'll be back next week with some more questions to help you and your church endure.